talk live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you. Once again, freetalklive.com. We have a lot uh, that, that awaits you there. And those other talk shows want to charge you for accessing their sites. Uh, so you can drop on in there and uh, you can actually interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. In addition to that, you can uh, you can create the content of the website. So when you find something online that you think is interesting, Submit it as show prep, as we call it, and then other listeners will be able to vote on it in the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site, and that means we're more likely to see it and talk about it as our other listeners. So go to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. Uh, of course, we're here at the 2012 edition of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Bigger, I would say, thus far than last year. Mark joining me as always here tonight. Indeed, yeah. And uh, also on the third microphone to start things out this evening, we have uh, special guest Corey Moore, uh, formerly of the Voice of Radical Descent, has uh, moved on from doing his own show into running his own uh, internet uh, talk radio network, and we can talk about that too here in a moment. Good evening, Corey. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's good to have you here, and uh, nice to see you back. I think last year was your first year at the Port Fest? Yeah. And I uh, got, got a chance to meet with you and sit down and talk last year, and uh, and now you're back, and you've lost 50 pounds, you told me, because of the, the paleo diet, so I totally didn't recognize you at first. You look great. Thank you. And you feel like less of a man? No, okay. more of a man, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it must be nice. I mean, it's just, I can't even imagine what it's like to uh, to feel that difference. Just for, I know, you know getting up in the morning is probably just factor number one, just easier to get out of bed, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's what's your impression of this year's Pork Fest uh, compared to last year? Well, you know, last year I didn't show up until Wednesday night, so this is actually would have been the first night I would have been here. I see. Um, but so far, I got here Monday morning, and I was just surprised at how many people were already here. You know, it's yeah. uh, it seems like it's going to be a lot bigger this year. I hear Rogers sold out. The entire campground? It doesn't look like it's the case. We talked to Crosby from Rogers last night. That It's a true statement that the campground has sold out, but the RV sites have not. So uh, as far as the entire property of Rogers, there are several sites still available. Uh, what did he say? Something like uh, 3,500 people this, that this campground can handle. Yeah, so we're not quite near capacity. But the actual campground, the hotel, those two areas have sold out completely. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you, you could show up tonight or tomorrow or Friday or whenever you can show up, you can still get an RV site, even if you don't have an RV. So if all you got is a tent and a car, you can still park it on the RV site and essentially use that as your, your camping site. So no, the uh, the entire uh, park is not sold out, but the campground technically is the actual areas designated for camping. But uh, lots of people here this year, and uh, like you said, you would have just shown up here last year. Do you feel like there are more people here t- now th- at this point in time than there were when you showed up last year? It seems like it. Yeah. Maybe a couple hundred more. Yeah, we'll get the official numbers here at uh, at some point. And our number, by the way, the phone number here, if you want to take control of the airwaves, is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Uh, so tell me more about what you're up to, because you were running Ron Paul Radio. And what inspired that? Because it's something that was done in 2008, but that wasn't you, right? No, um, I was just trying to look for something I could do. Uh, my local activism scene was okay, but... You know, I didn't really have a lot of money at the time to really donate or do much of anything. And I do know Internet radio a bit. You know, I've done a lot of research. I've worked with you guys. So, you know, I thought that I would give it a a bit of a, you know, attempt to do it. And a friend of mine had already bought the domains except for the dot com. And we ended Mm -hmm. up getting that. 
and got it up and running. Um, took about a month to get it stable, but you know, once we got up and running, it was going pretty well. And essentially what we were trying to do was be, and I know this is a bad term for some people, but we were trying to be the propaganda piece for the mouthpiece for the Ron Paul campaign. Hey, I don't, you know, propaganda is what it is. I mean, it's sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. So I don't think there's anything wrong. And that with was that 2008? Term. No, that was this year. So there was an uh, organization called Ron Paul Radio or something like that back in 2008, right? Yeah, and uh, it's an interesting story why it, they stopped broadcasting. I can't really discuss it on the air, but uh, we'll just say that uh, they had good reasons to stop broadcasting. There was some criminal stuff that was going on, uh, and which I didn't know until after I started, which was part of the reason I had such a difficulty gaining an audience because... There was that stigma involved with the Ron Paul radio name. Gotcha. Well, you know, I mean, if you're doing uh, good content now, people will come. You know, and it seems like that. You know, we were broadcasting some of the events and speeches from Austin and mm-hmm. all over the country. And people would come in and stay afterwards. You know, you'd get five, 600 listeners. People were wanting to hear the good doctor. Nice. Um, now, there is kind of a cognitive dissonance there because I'm an anarchist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of support Ron Paul for his educational benefit. Yeah. But then I have all these hosts on my network who are, uh, I don't want anarchists. Yeah, true believers almost. And I don't mean that in a negative way. True believers, you mean? Yeah. I see. And that's been something that, like an internal battle almost, dealing with. So what have you, how how have you dealt with that? I mean, what what does that mean? You know, I just feel that it was, the cost benefit of it was more benefiting the, the movement then it wasn't even mm-hmm. even with people that really believe he's going to win and i'm sorry if there's anyone out here that thinks ron paul's still going to win mm-hmm. i'm going to tell you right now he's not going to not going to it's not going to happen so you it's still like zero percent chance or like one percent or like what's what do you think you know i would give it a 10 percent chance because we do have the stealth delegates coming in yeah. to tampa but then These are the, when you say stealth delegates what does that mean uh the stealth delegates are the individuals who were pledged to another candidate Mm-hmm. And they're going to break RNC Rule 34, which is supposed to bind you to a candidate and vote for Ron Paul. I think that's a great strategy, and I hope more people will adopt that particular strategy because it was uh, what some lawyer for the RNC that's, that declared that the people don't have to vote for whom they're bound so they can vote. So it's for confusing right now. Who knows what the rule really means? Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of talk out there. So if, if, you know, I mean, it's just a rule and how do you know how to follow the rules if people are telling you two different sets of information? Absolutely. And, you know, there actually have been some really cool projects going on recently, tra- teaching the delegates. Uh, there's this website, I think it's ronpaultribune.com and they're actually doing mock, uh, not elections, but uh, conventions, mm-hmm. and teaching the delegates the process and Robert's rules. So we're going to have a strong set of delegates. They're yeah. estimating between five and 700 going to the convention. It's a possibility. It's not a very likely possibility, but it is. I'd give it a 10, 15 percent. Nobody is as knowledgeable about this Republican nominating process as these Ron Paul guys are. I mean, mm-hmm. I've tried my best to understand it, and it is very complicated and just absolutely frustrating, especially when you're dealing with uh, the old school Republican guys, the old guard that are trying all these kinds of dirty tricks 
to keep uh, things the status quo and disqualify as many Ron Paul people from even coming to state conventions and, you know, turn the microphones off, turn, turn around, uh, ignore them, uh, shut them out, harass them with the police, arrest them. Break, breaking their own rules like yeah. they did in Louisiana. I mean, they just had a, a completely, yeah, I, I don't know what to call but, it, illegal, but I mean, just a, you know, against the rules. It's ridiculous. And, but these Ron Paul guys are so dedicated that they keep dealing with this crap and they keep showing up and in many cases outnumbering the Romney people. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm great. like, I don't suffer from any delusion that Ron Paul's going to win, but I sure do think it's going to be an interesting convention. And uh, who knows what, just judging by what these Ron Paul guys have done at the state conventions, having all of them convene, I mean, or a significant portion of like all these guys that have went to all the different state conventions are going to convene in one place. It could be a real show. I yeah. mean, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a really interesting convention. Uh, you know, it possibly, you know, even for the people that don't follow politics, it might be more fun from the Jerry Springer aspect. You know, you just <laughs> yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, last time Adam Kokesh showed up and he he got arrested waving a sign, but you know, there's going to be thousands or hundreds of Adam Kokesh types there, which would be great. Yeah, yeah, I would I would think that you know at, at this point there's going to be so many people converging on Tampa that I, you know I can't even imagine how they intend to deal with that. It's 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 interesting, and certainly looking forward to hearing more about it. Are you going, by the way, Corey, or are you going to stay uh, back in Ohio? Yeah, I can't go. My job, but you know, I would like to go. And uh, there's actually going to be Paul Fest right before that, which sure. is going to be right down the street, and we're going to be covering that on RonPaulRadio.com. That's as well. uh, where basically the Ron Paul guys are going to throw their own three day long festival or something like that, mm-hmm. with music and vendors. And- it's like a little pork fest, I guess, down in Florida. It sounds like a lot of fun. Corey Moore from ronpaulradio.com. Yes. Thanks for stopping in tonight. Always appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're here live from the 2012 edition of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We'll tell you more about what's going on at Porkfest because it's still not too late for you to get here and enjoy the festivities. We're just about halfway through, so there's plenty more Porkfest to go. It's Free Talk Live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Lots of stuff, uh, including news updates. You can get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to get on that list for free, of course. And when I say that list, there are actually three different ways for you to receive Free Talk Live updates. One is via email, the classic way. There's also Facebook and Twitter. So go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's news.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for precious metals, uh, you can go to gold.freetalklive.com. It's, uh, you know, we've teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you the, some of the best prices you're going to be able to find on the Internet for gold and silver. And you can comparison shop. When I was looking for gold and silver back in the day, I found it very confusing. Uh, you know, you call up one of these major 
gold companies that advertises on the radio and you know first you want some gold you just want some gold and silver and they're trying to send you some civil war collector coins and that kind of thing just go to gold.freetalklive.com um, and get some of the best prices there not only you're helping free talk live but you're getting great rates too it's gold.freetalklive.com so we're here live from the 2012 edition of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and there's just so much going on here. But the most important thing that you need to know about is that there are hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people that have come together to the same place. They are getting to know one another, having fun. There's games. There's musical performances. Last night, uh, Marcus, the one-man rock band, nothingproject.com, he was playing. And before that, there was some other band that I was told I would really have liked, but uh, I was up here doing the show. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, great stuff going on. Of course, Jordan all the, Page is up there now. That's right. Uh, all the uh, agorist sales going on here in Agora Alley, which Agora is a Greek word for the open market. And so we've got people that are selling everything from smoothies, as Corey mentioned a moment ago, to uh, hot food that is cooked to order and uh, ice cream. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff here that is just absolutely delicious, homemade, and it's fun. It's just great to be here with uh, with such good people. But there's also official uh, events that are that are going on, and uh, so I just wanted to kind of uh, recount some of the things that we did today. Uh, Mark, you're here with uh, your wife and son and dog, and so naturally the family activities are uh, an attraction for you. Of course, there's a playground here, which is, I'm sure, a lot of fun for Jack. Well, the uh, playground, you know, what, what makes playground fun isn't the equipment but the kids and yes. you know there are a lot of kids here and there are they're very it's, it's very interesting how well behaved they are um and i'm just you know i'm impressed with the activities on the playground when my son jack went to the uh merry-go-round he just kind of wandered off to the merry-go-round there were like nine kids on there and i just aren't thought, they outlawing those things i don't know places? i'd like to tell my story um so they uh, you know what i was just i was just kind of remembering what it could be like to be you know groups and not in the group kind of thing mm -hmm. and you know, we're on the merry-go-round. You're not on the merry-go-round. They welcomed him right on board, and everybody had a good time. I was just very impressed with, uh, you know, how the the conduct on on the playground over and over again. Great. And uh, so, what else did you guys do today? Uh, swimming at the uh, the in the pool and having a good mm -hmm. time, going around and visiting with people and checking out the Agora Alley and enjoying all the great food. I uh, actually was in a wedding today. Which, yes, that's right. Brad Jardis said his wedding today. That was a first for me, uh, being in a wedding before, and I actually got dressed up for it. The temperature here, by the way, today is 90 degrees. It's a sweltering 90 degrees. So and, uh, it's pretty brutal. And uh, and so, you know, to actually have to put... Normally, I don't like putting fancy clothes on, uh, and in this case, I liked it even less. Or shaving. But, you know, I shaved. I don't know if you noticed. But oh, I, I did. I, no, normally, you don't. Yeah. I mean, so, this is what passes for shaving for you, yes. Yes, I actually got a razor out. And, <laughs> this, is uh, what, this is what qualifies as groomed for you, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was nice uh, being able to be there. Brad Jardis, of course, comes on our show every other Thursday night, and he is now, he's gotten married. He said that he never thought that he would get married, and here he Sometimes he the right it. one comes along. So that, uh, that was pretty much my uh, highlight of the day. And, of course, there's just so much else that, uh, that is happening. Did you wear those sandals when you were using No, I put on my, uh, my shoes. Okay, good. Which are very brightly colored. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line also uh, going on today. Lots of different things. There was an unschooling Q&A this morning with Kelly Halderson, who we had on the show last right, night. Right. Uh, I don't know if you made it out to that. But... Not that one. We went to the unschooling thing yesterday. Ah, okay. Uh, we did go to the gardening things uh, today. With Catherine Bleich. That's gar- right. Gardening and self-sustainability. There was, one, there was one previous to that also. There was also another uh, panel. This one was the long-distance movers panel regarding people like us, Mark, who had to travel quite a distance in order to get here. I mean, some people just move from Massachusetts or New York. It's no big deal. But, uh, you know, if you're coming from California, it's a bit of a, you know, you've you got to think of some things before you hit the road, and there's some important factors that you need to, to be uh, considering before you make the move to New Hampshire. And of course, that's what this is all about. It's about encouraging people showing them what the community of liberty lovers is like, what it's like when you get together with other people of like mind, and then uh, encouraging those people to make the move. So you can be around these folks all the time, uh, all year long. Now, we've actually got somebody uh, on the third microphone with us here uh, tonight. TSA George is back uh, in the studio, and this is because the other day when you were on with us, after you'd actually walked out of the studio and left, there was another guy that called in, I think an XM listener who'd called in uh, from on the road, and he had a, uh, he was calling you out, basically. You wanted to respond. You to ought that. to be ashamed to be in this, working for the TSA. Yeah, I get that a lot from a lot of um, liberty-minded people. Yeah. I just, and I got no love for the TSA, mind you. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yeah, I wanted to pretty much um, explain to him why I still do what I do, even though I, you know, I'm liberty-minded. One, I wasn't always... Uh, I was a TSA agent before I discovered Free Talk Live, before I discovered Liberty. I've been with TSA since the beginning. I'm coming up on my 10th year, mm. you know, so right there and after uh, listening to you guys, you know, I discovered more Liberty things. Now, as to why do I stay, well, 13, 13 people whose lives I prevented from being ruined over a certain plant that they happen to have in their bag going to the checkpoint right there, and I, di- and I didn't write them out. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, and I think we'd speculated to that extent uh, or something similar last night, but it's interesting to hear you actually say that. I would have thought you'd been cons- uh, concerned about the boss hearing you say something like that on the air. I mean, is it possible that somebody from the TSA is listening and they're going to look you up and say, hey, you're not doing your job? Yeah, I'm concerned right there, but technically they never gave me any official training on that stuff, so technically there's no really? way for me to legally know what said plant is supposed to you know, look and smell like and all the other stuff without me having to admit it to breaking the law. Right, it's just an admission of guilt by yeah, exactly. knowing what it looks like. So you basically, know? if somebody's got a plant in their pocket, you don't know what that is. Exactly. They don't, gotcha. they, I'm, I'm paid to stop terrorists. I'm not paid to stop hippies. So that's why. I, <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I wanted to answer that. And then also tell about oh, one more thing I forgot to mention while I was in Thailand. I had a run-in with the police over there. Wait, wait where? In th- Thailand. When I, when I was in Thailand. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently, um, even though it's not enforced, they have a helmet law there that, on, like, over half the people don't follow, mm-hmm. but this one cop pulled me aside, and I was like, right there, why are you a helmet? You know, in, his, in very broken English, and it's like, it was, I was, I'm like, we're supposed to have a helmet on? I was like, yeah. So I give you a license right there, and he took my license, and it said, you can get this back once you pay the 500 bot fine, which, it turned, which when you adjust to U.S. currency, that's about $15.85, which is nothing So you just fine. peeled that off and gave it to him? Yeah. Per, for, first, he made me... You pay for, him right there? Um, I, eventually. After Let's I, talk about it. It's just a bribe. First, we'll I had, yeah, first, I had to run back to my hotel, get my helmet. Then I had to look for this police station for a receipt. After looking for that, I couldn't find it. So I went back, told him, look, here's my helmet. I couldn't find it. Here's the 500 bot. Can I have my license back? 
back and he was just like, okay, whatever. Nice. You know, it was like no permanent record or I nothing. I wish you could bribe cops easier here in uh, in the States. Yeah, I wish it, it only it cost 16 bucks. Hey, yeah. thanks, uh, TSA George. Appreciate hearing from you here. No and, of course, we'll keep talking to uh, other interesting folks as the evening goes on as we're live from the... MindThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MindThings.com, use coupon code FTL, double your mining speed. It's free. MindThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-453-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that awaits you there. We've got a lot of different stuff. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one of those features with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see that. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Once again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, I've seen a lot of bumper stickers on cars. <laughs> you know, people who are excited about the Liberty Message are excited enough to put a sticker on their car and uh, try to, you know, propagate that message to, well, probably thousands of people a month and for fractions of a penny apiece. When you consider that stickers over there at uh, libertystickers.com are, you know, three, four bucks, well, you can get that message out to lots of different people. Also, they do bulk sales. They'll create custom stickers for you. Go check them out. It's libertystickers.com. All right, so we're here live from the 2012 edition of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's always a pleasure to be here amongst so many great people, and thanks to everybody who came in uh, for our studio audience tonight. Definitely appreciate you guys taking the time out because there's obviously a lot uh, from which to choose here at Porkfest, and uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, our number, again, is 855-450-FREE. And if you aren't here in person, you can still be on the air with us simply by calling in and taking control of the airwaves. Now, we've actually got another special guest here on our third microphone tonight, and she is uh, one of the ladies behind her own uh, radio program, which is available online at, I believe it's sexliesanarchy.com. Oh, let me turn your mic on. That might help. Kelly is with us. Good evening. Uh, good. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. So you said it is sexliesanarchy.com. <laughs> it, it's sexliesanarchy.com, yes. We're also on Facebook, iTunes, and Twitter. Excellent. And y'all been doing the show for over a year? Yeah. Uh, actually, Porkfest marks sort of our one-year anniversary. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. Right before we came last year, we released our first five episodes. Did I hear you say something like you pulled the first couple episodes off the uh, your archive? Just um, you... I'm, I said I was going to. I haven't gotten around oh, to okay. it yet. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's go get them and record them. Yeah. <laughs> the audio quality was really bad, and I'm a little embarrassed. So it's they're going to go soon. <laughs> it's all practice. I mean, Free Talk Live had two years worth of episodes, prior, well, four years worth of episodes uh, prior to 2006, but we only really make the 2006 on available. I mean, yeah. this is kind of practice. 
Well, no, I don't think that's why. I think that uh, 2006 on is available because that's when we started on our old podcast host. Okay. And they started archiving them at that point. But uh, tell me about Sex, Lies, and Anarchy. What's that all about? Uh, yeah, we're another libertarian podcast because, you know, of but course, just there, any, there aren't enough of them. Right? right, not just any libertarian podcast. One hosted by three women, which, uh, you know, yeah, that's, is pretty rare. That's right. Uh, me, I'm Kelly, uh, also a Candy and Antigone, and uh, our show is uh, where liberty gets personal. And what we like to do on our show is we don't really like to talk about current events or politicians that much. Mm -hmm. We figure there are enough libertarian shows that do that. We're more interested in kind of the social side of libertarianism and how our philosophy affects our lives, our relationships and things like that. All right. So I think one of the big questions that that needs to be answered, uh, and it's been answered before, but I'd like to hear your answer uh, on this, is why aren't there more women in the liberty movement? We actually I know did you a, get this all the time. Sure. We, we did. And in fact, it was probably about six months ago that we did an episode where we addressed that. Mm-hmm. We um, uh, explored maybe some of the reasons why. And if I could give maybe one answer of why I think there are fewer women, it's because women haven't been recruited. I mean, libertarianism, uh, people who aren't libertarians often think, okay, there are a bunch of, you know, guys in the woods, you know, uh, gunslingers, uh, people who, you know, uh, don't want to interact with other people who don't care about children. And that's just not true. It's, I think the uh, message of, of liberty needs to be uh, maybe packaged in a way that's going to be genuine and real and true, but uh, appeals to things that women more traditionally care about more than men do. You know, my wife um, it said, you know, this is the first pork fest I've really enjoyed this really? time. And um, I think what it is is there's just a lot more women here, and there's a lot more events for women and families. Um, you know, this it was set up by Sharon Osborne and Jason mm-hmm. Osborne, but Sharon had a real focus on uh, trying to get you know things that women would be interested in. There's several gardening um, events, mm-hmm. several unschooling and school uh, homeschooling events. And so that gives you know, family something to go to and be interested in and that kind of thing. Well, that is something that I think is the, is the case with the liberty movement, specifically here, the Free State Project portion of it, is that the women uh, that are participating are higher percentage within the Free State Project community than in my experience, for instance, with like the Libertarian Party. Now, have you experienced something similar like that? Where, what's your history? Where do you come from before New Hampshire? Yeah, I've lived in New Hampshire for four years. I moved from Utah, and I really can't say one way or another if there are more women per libertarian here in New Hampshire because I didn't know a whole lot of libertarians in Utah at all. But I will say of all of them that I knew, they were all dudes. I can tell you that that was my experience was uh, the Libertarian Party down in Florida. There was one woman that was uh, at any given meeting, and the majority, supermajority, were men. I actually recently went to the Libertarian Party meeting here in uh, New Hampshire for the first time. They were having a nominating convention, and as I was driving up, I said to the guy that I was going with, I said, I'm going to bet no more than 10% women at this meeting. And I was right. Uh, it was 23 people at the meeting. Two of them were, uh, were female. But so, I think you're absolutely right that here in New Hampshire, it's, there are tons of women. I, mean, I remember just you know, three or four years ago, you, you, you uh, interviewed Dave Ridley last mm-hmm. night. He does the Ridley Report. And he would always, I, something that he does a lot is anytime he's got a bunch of women in the room, he makes a point to, to point that out in his videos. And I don't think he's been doing that that much anymore. It's, it's no longer it. a real issue because right. there are so many women. It's no longer an anomaly. I can tell you there are times in, and I was bringing up the example of the Libertarian Party because I consider them separate from the New from the, the Free State Project. I think the Free State Project has a 
much higher percentage. Maybe it's like 60% men, 40% women. Uh, around here, it seems like there are quite a few women at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and that the percentage uh, goes up every single year, which I think is a good trend. I've definitely seen it happen in Keene, where I live, where there will be times when I'll be at the Keene Activity Center and I'll be the only man in the room. So, I mean, those are really like, wow, okay, something different is happening here. There's something that's special about this movement that is attracting uh, women that, you know, the libertarians heretofore have not been able to do. To be interested in the Libertarian Party, you have to have a special fetish for Robert's Rules of Order. I mean, that's, that, that's what it's about. And, you know, why would, why would women necessarily be interested in that? Well, and, and you could also say that politics is generally uh, something that women aren't attracted to, just whether it's libertarian politics or Republican or Democrat politics. I bet you if you go into any political meeting, you're going to still find a supermajority of, of men. You think even with the Democrats? I think even with the Democrats. They actually get people elected. So, you know, I mean, you can go to Libertarians and hang out with their political group and not get anybody elected. I mean, it, all, it, all, it can feel so pointless. So uh, the other thing that I think, uh, and it's just pure speculation, is that there is probably some level of misogyny that turns uh, women off as well. Like, I've heard, uh, I've heard about this uh, from certain people in the liberty movement. They, you know, they think certain things about women, you know, that your place is in the kitchen or whatever. And men like that, if you are coming into a, a movement and you get that vibe from people, you're not going to come back. I'll tell you, I've never gotten that. Yeah. Not that I've know. perceived here in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I'm not New somebody who's different, though. Right, what, but what I'm, my point? I'm not somebody who you know sees misogyny all all over the place. I let a lot of things slide or, or don't assume the worst about them. But definitely mm-hmm. not in New Hampshire have I ever felt like I was being marginalized or anything like that. That's good to know. So tell me what's next for uh, Sex Lies Anarchy. You guys are producing once a week. We have been producing once a week, and here's the thing, though. Uh, we kind of want our summer off. A little bit. So uh, we're going to be, I guess I'm announcing it on Free Talk Live now, but we're going (laughs) to be going to a uh, two-week, releasing every two weeks for the next couple of months because we, you know, we Mm. do time off. I don't know how you guys do it every single night. We can't (laughs) even do it once a a week. (laughs) There you go. We did for years, though, Mark. We did this show for free for a number of years, like four or five years. Well, you know, I'll I'll admit, I, um, you know. We were doing doing it six nights a week. We were doing it six nights a week for for free for that time. You know, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad to get, at least you're going to continue on uh, because one of the things that tends to afflict uh, liberty-oriented, internet-based shows is it's a hobby for a lot of people where they jump in and then they jump out, which is why I told you guys that uh, I needed you to be on for six months straight before I put you on LRN.FM, but you're on now, and uh, it's good to have you. We are, and thanks so much for putting us on, and, and thanks for having me on, guys. SexLiesAnarchy.com. Uh, check out Kelly and Friends on that show. It's good stuff. And uh, very intelligent talk, by the way. It's uh, I feel smarter every time I listen to it. <laughs> Do I have time? Can I say one thing? We'll be at the Big Gay Dance Party awesome. here at Port Fest. More coming up from Port Fest 2012. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, LRN.FM, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. We're here live from the 2012 Porcupine Freedom Festival. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And you can actually... Help support the program by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there for as little as 3 bucks a month, and we will take that money in and invest it in Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board as well, and exposing new people, therefore, to the ideas of freedom. So if that is worth 3 bucks a month to you, then get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card through PayPal or you can also use Visa or MasterCard uh, right through our website. So different ways for you to get on board. Plus, you get perks. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, and forum. By the way, the AMP call-in lines are not available to you this week because we're not in our regular LRN.FM studios where the AMP lines are physically located. But we can still take your calls on our regular call-in lines at 855-450-FREE. So drop into amp.freetalklive.com, check out the details on the program, and please get signed up. Three bucks a month, price of a cup of coffee, hamburger. I mean, this is not uh, a whole lot of money, but for us, it makes a huge difference in being able to get this show on more radio stations and uh, and help people find the ideas of freedom because it's so important. Uh, that's why there are so many great radio hosts, uh, so many people that are putting together podcasts and, and doing online radio to try to reach out to as many folks as possible because this message is important. And I think our next guest... Uh, uh, agrees with that. It's Jake, who is the host of, and what's your last name, Jake? I, I don't, I'm not Decilis. intimately familiar with it. Decilis. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're from actually the UK. Yeah. And you are the host of the, uh, the Voluntary Life. That's right. Yes. The Voluntary Life. It's a podcast. And how long has uh, the Voluntary Life been being produced? Uh, a year and a half now. That's pretty good. What, yeah. what inspired it? Well, I've been interested in, um, in really ways of finding freedom in in your own life. I guess Harry Brown's book, you know, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. is yeah, a is great a, book. A, yeah, a real inspiration, I think. And, and his, seminal work. And his approach, you know, to, to really focusing on what you can do in your own life to bring more freedom to yourself um, is something that I, I'm really uh, uh, inspired by. My background was uh, as an entrepreneur. I, I set up a business and, and uh, ran it for a while and, and sold it. And, uh, and I was really interested in, in you know, ways in which entrepreneurship can be something that you can use to bring more freedom to your life and to, to um, you know, experience uh, being able to do what you want to do. And along with that, I, I wanted to do a podcast talking to other people who had other ways of um, finding freedom in their lives. So, for example, I've done a lot of interviews with uh, families who are unschooling to uh, hear more about about that and as an opportunity to have more freedom within uh, you know within your family when you're raising kids and uh, other other people I've talked to about things like investment and financial freedom so that's the idea is really to to look at all ways in which you can get more freedom in your own life how many liberty oriented uh, shows are there in the UK I mean what who else is out there oh they're really uh, you know it's nothing like the US um, I, I look every now and again to see to see what's what's out there and there are a few uh, much more sort of um, I guess party politically oriented uh, vaguely libertarian leaning shows but it's just nothing like um, in the USA so there's really not a lot going on uh, in the UK um, there are a few um, free market institutes and and some uh, and there is a, like a libertarian organization um, i 'm not really that involved in, in that but um, but it 's very very different compared to uh, what 's happening over here 
do you think that, I mean, have you ever assessed your downloads? Because I know that we can look usually at our downloads by country and see, you know, who's been downloading. And was it Russia that's fairly Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Uh, are People learning English through Free Talk Live. Are you seeing more downloads coming from the U.S.? Yes, than, uh, than yeah, the UK? that's right. The U.S. is um, actually the main source of downloads. And the U.K. is second. And then I also have, you know, strange things from Russia and Thailand. <laughs> and What's places. going on over there? I guess there may be a lot of expats as well who speak English who, who live out there um but i did want to say by the way yes, that sir. um back in uh, 2005 when i was an entrepreneur and was becoming more and more interested uh in uh liberty i was listening to free talk live and it was actually free talk live that uh i listened to um ian you read an article out about how the military doesn't really protect you mm. I, I can't remember who wrote that article but that was for me that was the the moment that sort of knocked me over from minicism into into voluntary. Well, right, because minarchists sort of traditionally believe that uh, the state must protect that the you know the state's military is a good thing because it's keeping us safe. Exactly. But in reality, they uh, really focus on keeping the government safe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And if you're a minarchist, that's your last sort of line of well, okay, I can see how the government messes up um, all of these other industries that it goes into and nationalizes. Mm -hmm. But you need defense. You have to have a court system and, and, and defense. So that's your last Cops, sort of... courts, yeah, roads, that's soldiers. The, that's the last thing that you think, well, okay, that's the kind of necessary evil. Mm -hmm. And that article just really clicked something for me. So I wanted to say thank you very oh, much. That was very, very helpful. Now, um, y y your podcast is about living a voluntary life. What is the single biggest thing that the average person can do to add more freedom to their, their lives? What if you have distilled over a year and a half at this point? Well, I mean, I think that really depends on where you're at, what you're doing. So, for example, we don't have kids yet. Uh, I know that um, that if, if the unschooling... You know things, how to make that happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The unschooling thing would be something that I would be... I, I'm really interested in learning more about for that stage of life. But I guess my background and what I talk about, um, the thing that I really focus on is how entrepreneurship um, is something that you can use to bring more freedom to your life. I think so many people go through a process of... You know, going through um, compulsory education and getting into a wage job and feeling mm, like they're yeah. really stuck in that. The rat race, as yeah. it's called. Yeah. Right. When you have your own job, it's interesting. When you have your, your own business, you serve more people and make more money. When you work for someone else, it's hard to make more money. How do you, how do, you do that? Uh, you know, well, can I get more hours? So you're, you're asking somebody for more hours, and maybe they can provide it, maybe they can't. You can go out and get another job. Like it just, you're, at that point, you're trading time for money, and it's, you know, it just doesn't, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's a different setup. Yeah, and I think, you know, what, what really, what I find really exciting about entrepreneurship is that it's a really revolutionary thing to do as well. This is a way in which you can use a voluntary exchange to change the world, to make the world a better place. Because even if you're just providing, you know, pizza to an area that doesn't have it, or, you're, or if you're providing some kind of super high-tech new, uh, new development, whatever you're doing, if you create something that people are willing to pay for, then you'll bring value to the world that didn't exist, and you're changing the world and making the world a better place. And that's a really revolutionary thing to do. And that's, you know, in my view, that's where all the progress that we have comes from. That's where you know, all of the great things that we get to enjoy now in terms of you know, the fact that we live longer and that we're able to, to enjoy the comforts of the kind of lifestyles that we live now, they come from the work that entrepreneurs have done in the past. So for me, that's a kind of activism. You know? It's an activism of actually bringing voluntary exchange to the world and generating value that wasn't there before.
Yeah, I think that's definitely true that being, being an entrepreneur and hopefully becoming a successful entrepreneur is the best way to uh, secure more freedom for yourself because you set your own schedule. I mean, that's a huge deal for, for, for me. I don't have to, I don't have a boss telling me where I have to be and when I have to be there. And if I have to be somewhere, it's because I have committed to, uh, to that on my own without anybody telling me uh, what to do. And having that freedom uh, to be able to make those choices is a real benefit to entrepreneurship. Yeah, and it gives you the opportunity to live with the consequences of your decisions to actually have the freedom to you know, decide, I'm really going to go for it and, tr and try and make something mm -hmm. that hasn't existed before. As you say, that brings you freedom because you have the opportunity to work for yourself and to, you know, to, um, to make money if that, you know, and to try and get more financial freedom for yourself. But you also bring freedom to other people because everything that you're doing is voluntary. So if, they, if they're willing to pay for it, then they're getting value um, uh, on a voluntary basis. So that's like volunteerism in action. How does, uh, you know, because this could be a big cliff to jump off for many people. They work their whole lives trading hours for dollars. And how does one take that step? I mean, what, what, what are your recommendations in that area? Well, I think uh, we were, I was talking about this uh, yesterday with Brett because um, we were talking about sort of uh, his School Sucks podcast and the whole compulsory education thing. And one thing that I was talking about yesterday was, I mean, I think the sooner you can, you can start, the better. Because entrepreneurship is one of those things that's harder to do the more financial responsibility and m the more financial obligations you have. So if you already have a family and if you already have debt and you already have a mortgage and all these other things, it becomes harder and harder to start. So the earlier that you can start, the better. And if you do have a lot of expenses, then you know, if you can bring yourself down, to, if you can bring those down so that you have less uh, and less expensive lifestyle, then you have more freedom to, to get started. There are Good other things that we can talk about that too, but that's one of the main What's things. What's your website? Thevoluntarylife.com. Thevoluntarylife.com. And that's where you can go for more. Voluntary. <laughs> for more of Jake? Yes. Jake. Thanks for stopping in, Jake. Appreciate uh, you being here and uh, welcome to Porkfest. First Thank time, you. right? Yes. Porcupine Freedom Festival 2012 edition. We continue broadcasting live here in moments. We'll take your calls about what you want at 855 450 free. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's bigger, gayer dance party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Violencia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash dance party. This is Free Talk Live. We're here live from the 2012 edition of the Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. We're here in the LRN.FM media room where a number of different radio programs are being produced all day long. And uh, we're, I'm, pr I'm proud to be a part of this. It's just so much fun to be here uh, with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. And there's just so much happening. We're only halfway through this thing. By the time the show is over tonight, we'll just, be, just about be at the halfway point. It started up on Monday. It's going all the way through Sunday at noon. So still plenty of time for you to get up here. Maybe you happen to be in New England already uh, this week. 
make a detour. Get up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's in the northern part of New Hampshire, but it's worth the drive because you'll be with other people who actually get it when it comes to what freedom is. So once again, uh, go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com, and that's where you can learn more about this event. We can tell you more about some of the events or the, uh, the uh, panel discussions and such, things that were going on today. But we want to go to you and your thoughts. Mike is on the line listening in Arizona. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live, and I believe you are an XM listener to uh, America's Talk. Hey, Mike. Hey, I think I might have told them the wrong channel. It's 166 I listen on, but... Anyway, that is America's night, talk. Was, Go ahead. Yeah. It was really neat to hear uh, Formula 4409. I, I credit him with uh, waking me up many years ago, watching his videos and teaching me uh, just just through the interaction he was having with the police that it's okay to stand up for your rights and, and to say no and I don't comply. And I, I also think that uh, if it wasn't for the work he did with camera fraud, we'd still have speed cameras in, in Arizona. So that's I just want to start out with that. Um, now, by the way, the work you're talking about is uh, you're referring to Shelton, the guy from the 4409 YouTube channel. He was on with us last night uh, here at Porkfest. But he and some other people, I believe, were involved in uh, some interesting protests down there in the Phoenix area where, as what you're referencing, the camera fraud uh, situation where they've got these, I think they are speeding cameras that uh, they dressed up as Santa. Well, I don't know who it was that dressed up, but people who probably Shelton knows uh, dressed up as Santa Claus, and they went up to these speed cameras, got out a stepladder, and put huge boxes like presents, big Christmas present presents boxes over the top of over them. top of the speed cameras, and they made video of it, and it is hilarious. So, would recommend people check that out if they haven't seen that yet. So, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you enjoyed that interview. Yeah, I did, and I, I always hope I run into him at a gas station sometimes, so I can shake his hand. In my mind, he's got folk girl status, kind of like you guys do. But um, uh, I had a contact, you know, and I, and I want to hate the cops. I mean, I want to. I mean, I watch, I sometimes watch YouTube and police brutality just so I can keep the fire boiling in me against the police. But it's upsetting I to see. Con- yeah, I have contacts maybe twice a month with police officers, and. The other, uh, last time I was on hometown, I think, my wife and I purchased a car we found at a, at a, sitting in a lot with a for sale sign on it. We took it to DMV, and uh, we got a license plate for it that day, but I didn't have the screws to put it on the, the license plate holder, so I, we put it in the back window. But an Arizona Highway Patrolman stopped us, and uh, he, after he asked for my wife's identification, she was driving, he asked if there were any weapons in the car, and I told him that I was armed. And he asked me where the weapon was, and I told him I was on my hip. And he acted like such a professional. He asked me to get out of the car, and he disarmed me and said he's going to take control of the weapon until the contact was over. And when it was over, he put it in the back seat, and he said, don't load it up until you drive away, if you would, please. But he never asked for my ID. He never even asked for my name. And I guess that... part that makes it amazing to me is that he didn't overstep his bounds and there are still police officers out there that do the right thing so it it makes it hard when i have things like that happen and then i watch well i'm glad glad it's hard for you because uh, i i don't think that it's a good thing to hate anybody i think that hate 
hurts the hater. And I think that while I agree with what Mark said, is it's easy to hate uh, the police because they a lot of them do some really horrible things. The internet's to just full of stories. Peaceful people, and it, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down uh, at any point. I don't think that hate is uh, is going to produce anything of value for you. Uh, I think it's going to put you in a really negative place, and it could lead to uh, some destructive, uh, really destructive path. I th- I, uh, well, I think you create your own reality, and um, you know. So if you if you don't like police, and I understand, then at some point or another, you create a situation with them where you know you get, you find some guy who's feeling like uh, like that badge makes him important, a badge heavy, yeah, as yeah. they are called. It's not going to go well. Well, right, and so I think it, it's a challenge. But, you know, if you look at what uh, a lot of uh, teachers in the past have taught, uh, love your enemy, for instance, is a pretty important thing. And it can be pretty hard to uh, show the police love, but I think that's something that's worth doing uh, because maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll appreciate it and reciprocate someday or maybe it make them more likely to listen to what you have to say or more likely to reconsider their own perspective. If you're coming at them from a perspective of appreciation for the things they do right, uh, so like, for instance, with the local boys in Keene, New Hampshire, where uh, that's where we normally do the show, if I see them doing something right, I'll make a point of saying something to them. You know, I, 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 the police chief isn't talking to me. He's on a, uh, treating me with a silent treatment uh, recently, but I still walked up to him and I thanked him for taking the parking kiosks off the street. They were looking at bringing those electronic uh, kiosk things where you have to punch in a, your number and you get the ticket and then you have to do something with the ticket. They were trying that out and uh, there was a lot of backlash against it. And they made the right choice of instead of cramming it down everybody's throat, they pulled them off the streets. And so I took a moment to thank him for, uh, for doing the right thing in that case. So I think the, the more positive reinforcement that we can give them and i think it's also i think that's valuable but i think it is also valuable to critique them you know let them know when we don't appreciate what they're doing hey that's not right you shouldn't do that that's not how you treat a peaceful person that's not how you should treat your neighbors so i think it's okay to hold them accountable for what they do i think it's okay to record what they do and show the world what they do but don't don't do it from a point of hate. But I don't, I don't think, think, it's, that's, a, I don't think it's cool to take a man's uh, sidearm off uh, while you're having an interaction with him. I mean, imagine for a second if you tried to take his look. You know, hey, if one of us has to be disarmed, then why doesn't why don't both of us have to be disarmed? Why you know why couldn't you you know go behind him, take his sidearm out, put it in the back seat of his car, and tell him not to load it up until you leave? Well, clearly there are two classes of men. Uh, clearly, clearly, yeah. if one <laughs> if one man can uh, stand you up outside of your car, pull your uh, pull your gun out, put you put it in the back seat, and make you feel good about it, yeah. they're clearly two different classes of people. No doubt, Mike, your thoughts. I, I completely understand what you're saying, and hate is probably the wrong word. I dislike a lot of the things that they do. And now oh, that yeah. thing about being disarmed, I think that has, that has to do with conditioning people to comply. Now, it's sort of the kind of a deal where in exchange for being allowed to carry without concealed without a permit, I did, however, finally in the mail, my wife told me last week that my concealed carry permit arrived. But kind of, it's sort of like a trade-off that – the law says that during an interaction, the police officer could take the, the weapon for his own safety. And I kind of feel like I'm willing to make that trade-off because I can carry concealed without a permit if I wanted to in the state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that was okay with me. I did have a problem with being disarmed. It made me feel weak, I guess. I don't know the other word to use for it, but it, I didn't like it, but I, I put up with it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Oh, I get it. I mean, I I understand completely. I've had uh, police officers knock knock down my speeding tickets from 14 miles an hour to 9 miles an hour. And, I'm, you know, I was thankful for the lower speeding ticket, but it's still somebody 
handed me a ticket. Yeah, I always try to discourage people from thanking these aggressors. You see it happen all the time. Like in a courtroom, people will thank the judge for sentencing them to something. <laughs> like, what are you thanking him for? He hasn't done you anything of uh, value. He's taking value from you. There's nothing to thank them for. A lot of times uh, cops will ask me, is that okay? After they tell me something that I'm going to be forced to do. Or, you know, or like, you know, is that okay? I always say, no, it's not okay. But, you know, you're going to do it. So, and I'm not going to do anything to you about it, so that's that. But no, it's absolutely not okay, and I want to let you know and make, sh- uh, make sure that's clear. Mike, anything else you want to share tonight? Yes, I, I uh, wanted to ask you, I hear about 10,000 times a day the word economy on the talk radio shows I listen to. And I was wondering if you guys wanted to give your definition of what the economy is. Is it the gross national uh, product? Is it the amount of money people spend in a year's time? Is it the amount of money that's brought in on tax revenue? What exactly is the economy? Good question. Let's address that here in moments. And thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. Maybe you have an answer for Mike's question. What is the economy? 855-450-3733. We're here live from the 2012 edition of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. of that same old government-free baklava from Madrick? How about trying Stateless Sweets government-free fudge and caramel? Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to statelesssweets.com. That's statelesssweets.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll free number two nights, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com enjoy the features you'll find there. Lots of stuff, including archives going all the way back to late 2006. You may download as many of them as you would like. Do what you want with them and you know do whatever you, you want to do people will ask us sometimes hey can i use your archives to put on a youtube video or can i use your archives to you know whatever don't even ask just do whatever you want to with them have fun uh so freetalklive.com is where you can go to get those in fact if you look on the left hand side of the if you page, want to do an expose about how our views are immoral and wrong crazy sure. and you want to use the verbiage from the show go ahead go for it and yeah, have fun uh, so if you look over on the left-hand side of the page under Listen and Share, you'll also find a link to our SoundCloud page, which is our new one of the newest ways for you to get the show and share the show with your friends. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, your WordPress, uh, WordPress blog. So once again, uh, go to freetalklive.com. You can download as many archives from there as you would like. Also... One of the ways to listen to Free Talk Live is live streams. Of course, you know, we've got a bunch of radio stations that carry the show, but we're also online in, in streaming form, and uh, you can get us uh, through uh, listen.freetalklive.com. But because we've got the live stream, means we're available on the C-Crane CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio, along with about 18,000 other radio stations from around the world, Pandora, Opio, Live 365, 
and MP3 tunes. This thing goes anywhere a Wi-Fi signal can go. So you can put this in any room of your house where you can pick up a Wi-Fi signal. For me, it's in the kitchen. That way, uh, any time during one of the breaks, you know, we can hear what's uh, what's going on, knowing we need to be back in the studio. It's uh, it's essentially a monitor for me, and it's really uh, reliable. It's it's got a good connection, and the the quality of the products from C Crane Company are excellent. So go to ccrane.com, learn more about the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. You can listen to Free Talk Live. You can listen to LRN.FM and pretty much anything else that streams on the Internet. Yeah, there's 18,000 radio uh, yeah, stations you can, out there. Yeah, there's more than you can possibly listen to on the C-Crane CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. I mean, how long would it take you to actually listen to all 18,000 radio stations? Probably a lifetime. I, I don't know. Do you speak Urdu? They're from all around the world, Indeed. so uh, you don't have to be able to speak it to, uh, to listen to it. Uh, so go to ccrane.com, C-C-R-A-N-E.com. As we continue here live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, we're going to bring in a special guest host on the program. Normally we just have guests on Free Talk Live at Porkfest, but tonight we are going to have a special guest host. Well, there's uh, so many talented radio uh, personalities there are. running around here, and there are things to do, and you want to do something, right? Well, uh, I've been invited to host the karaoke event. Uh, last year, I kind of came down after the show and took over the event from the person who was doing it uh, at that time and was asked to do the whole thing this time around. So, uh, Ben from uh, Ben Stone from the Bad Quaker podcast was gracious enough to be willing to step up and, and kind of sit in for the remainder of Free Talk Live. And then the two of you uh, will be hosting together here for the, the last half of the show. Two Quakers doing Free Talk Live. So, good evening, uh, Ben. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and I, to my knowledge, this is your first time at Porkfest. It is, yeah. So, welcome aboard. And from where are you coming? Uh, it's west, western central Ohio, so okay. between Cincinnati, Dayton area. And uh, for, for folks that don't know, the Bad Quaker podcast is something you do on a pretty regular basis. You, uh, you know, of all the Liberty podcasts out there, yours is probably produced the most often uh, mm-hmm. as far as I mean, obviously Free Talk Live we've got a podcast of our show every single day mm-hmm. but as far as people that are just producing podcast only programs you're not live on, on radio you're, you're doing a show for podcast you're doing it almost every day I, I try to do five a week uh, yeah. a lot of times things interrupt that and I get two, three, four But what do you think uh, your sh- now, I've listened to a few of your shows but I wouldn't call myself uh, an expert to be able to, to sum it up mm-hmm. what, um, what would you how would you describe your show to other people uh, a lot of random rambling, um, you know, dis, dis, <laughs> disassociated things that just pop into my head. But well, I wouldn't call pri- it rambling. I mean, <laughs> you seem to have a point whenever you're talking, and you usually are fair, really brilliant about what it is you have to say. Right. I've got a f- big focus on history. Uh, I try to, yeah. yeah. And I try to uh, focus as much as possible on the zero aggression principle mm-hmm. uh, and how it applies to the things that are happening around us on a daily basis and how... We can interact with that ourselves in in dealing with other people and in dealing with the government as well. Now, Now, folks can go to badquaker.com to Mm -hmm. listen to the Bad Quaker podcast. I I will be the good Quaker tonight. You guys can can get into that here in a moment. (laughs) But I want to make sure we can get to the phone calls here. Uh, Mm -hmm. But first, why don't you answer the question of the last caller, and that is, you know, how do you define economy? I think there's two very distinctly different ways to define uh, economy. One way is the, tra- the traditional way that uh, a lot of the people in mainstream media and the people in the government talk about the economy. They want to talk about numbers. They want to talk about, you know, gross national product. Traditional have, metrics. Exactly. And it's all extremely confusing, and yep. I believe it's confusing intentionally. You'd think that they would – I mean, there are words to describe the things that they are describing mm-hmm. that don't 
that, that mean things to people. Yeah. So you could use meaningful words, or you can choose to use words that aren't meaningful. You can, you know, you can say M zero, mm. and people don't know that that's you know the amount of money in circulation. You can say M one, you know, whatever. You can you can use these uh, you know, these abbreviated terms or whatever in order to confuse people. And I think they, I think that there's. You know, to some extent, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. it's to, in order to segment themselves from others. I think the, the true definition of economy, though, is human action. It's uh, what people do, the choices they make, the decisions they make, how they uh, interact with one another. How does and, that differ from the marketplace? I think the market is, uh, is the practical outworking of that. It can be uh, because the market doesn't necessarily mean something on Wall Street. The market mm-hmm. is any time humans interact with one another on a voluntary basis. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Uh, let's get Ken on the line here in New York. You're on Free Talk Live, Ken, with Ian, Mark, and Ben. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, Ken. What's on your mind? Uh, I, is this his name Ben, your guest? Correct. Ben. Uh, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head. Uh, I don't know if you've read Mises. That's uh, pretty much what he explained it as. I mean, you cited human action, so it makes you think you did. Correct. Um. But to me, the economy is just me doing business with other people and them doing business with me. Well, isn't that the... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Again, it sounds very similar to, uh, you know, the marketplace, the economy being uh, sort of the uh, the accumulation of all of people out there doing business with one another. That seems to be, uh, you know, equivalent to the market. Whether it's a free market or not is another question, but the market is also the aggregate of everybody's transactions, of what it is they're offering, what it is they're buying, all of that. So it seems almost to be a synonym. Yes, but it's not. The market, the term market, it isn't used within the uh, you know the sort of economics world. No, it certainly isn't. Ken, other thoughts? Uh, I think the reason there's such a distinction is based upon perception of value and what actually is valuable. Um, I think most people with the free market bent would say all exchanges are subjective value. So you can't just say plug this number in because that's what it's worth. You, all you can say is if an exchange happened. Each people values what they received greater than what they gave up. And you can't do math when you're working with figures like that. So I think people in the mainstream brush that aside just as an inconvenience. Thank Ken, thanks for sharing your thoughts. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, more Free Talk Live to continue here in moments live from the 2012 edition of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Get over to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C, like porcupine, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com to learn more about this excellent event. More Free Talk Live in moments with Mark and Ben Stone joining us here from the Bad Quaker Podcast. This is Free Talk Live. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi antenna at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Free 
Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the, well, this is the live Wednesday night version of uh, Free Talk Live. But we are fr- uh, broadcasting live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's uh, Mark with you. And Ben. That's right. We've uh, switched over, kicked Ian out. He's out of here. He's uh, eating right now, and uh, he's going to go down and handle the, the karaoke. But, Ben, uh, so how long have you been here at the Porcupine Free Festival today? Uh, well, I arrived late Monday and kind of wandered around in a haze Tuesday from all the driving. It is. So, really, I just arrived today. <laughs> it, it, the whole week's a blur anyway. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's just a, such a, there's so many things to go watch and so many events and just so much going on that it just it, it all washes past you. It does. One thing I was uh, noticing is is that it's not one Porcupine Freedom Festival, but since there's about 1,200 people here, it's really 1,200 por- Porcupine Freedom Festivals because, you know, my son is running around and he's doing, you know, going to the pool and doing the crafts and playing in the playground with the kids. And his Porcupine Freedom Festival is entirely different than mine and right. it's going to be entirely different than yours. So everybody's going to have a different experience because there's so many things to do. Absolutely. And there's just people walking from camp to camp just enjoying the company of each other, meeting strangers for the first time. It's a lot of that. Yeah. So let's uh, go ahead and uh, take a couple of co- take a call here. we got uh, Mark in New York. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, one of the definitions for economy is the head of the household being a good steward of the money. Okay. Do you think that the person who uh, is the steward of the money is the head of the household? Um, oh, no, no, no. The government, uh, they're head of the money. But as far as well, the I've house, just been... practically, the head, uh, I, 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 well, they should be anyway. I, I guess when we were younger, our, our parents were. Mm, you know, right. But uh, that will change when everybody thinks that they have to go out and spend, spend, spend to make this uh, machine continue to do what it does. You know, I, I, some, sometimes couples will split up the um, the chores and, and that kind of thing, and sometimes couples will do that to handle the money together. And largely, my wife handles the money, and I'm just, uh, you know, I was wondering, do you think that because she's the one who writes the checks, she's the one who knows how much money is in the bank accounts, she's the one who knows where, you know, the, gets the investment forms and all, whatever, all the stuff that, uh, you know, is, uh, handles the bills and all these things, that is your own personal economy, is she in charge? Yeah, you know, she really could do anything she wanted with it. <laughs> well, because it's a woman, don't get me wrong, and, 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 and they're actually better with money. Um, I don't know. She won't do what she wants. She, she'd probably uh, confront everybody and, and uh, talk about it first. <laughs> I would hope. Mark, thanks. <laughs> I, I would hope so, too. Thanks thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Ben, your thoughts on it? In my household, uh, taking care of the money and so forth is really a burden, mm-hmm. and so I do it until I get tired of it and don't want it anymore, and then and then my wife takes over. And uh, when she gets tired of it and doesn't want any more, then then I do it. It's a really it's a, it is a trust thing, though, as mm-hmm. uh, Mark was pointing out here. Is the the person who has the checkbook really does choose? To, you know, I mean, they choose to make the rules. If, mm-hmm. Now they can they can rule that in any way they want, and obviously, you know, there'll be some kind of revolution if they do it poorly. But you know, I mean, they can they get to decide where the money goes. If uh, if you trust them enough, they they decide where to put it. And there've been there've been plenty of stories of plenty of people who have uh, placed their trust in folks that did, that didn't work out. 
Yeah, very true. And oftentimes, of course, this is often said that uh, money is the the single most common source of a problem in a marriage. Yeah, indeed it is. Um, you know, money's you know, just disputes about it. And it's usually a lack thereof. Mm-hmm. So sadly, you know. <laughs> well, not always, though. Uh, there are very famous cases where money was in abundance mm-hmm. and, the, you know, the greed takes over and off they go. And usually those are in the cases of uh, wills and that kind of thing? Mm, well, I was thinking more Hollywood types and sports figures and things where there was an overabundance of money and it and it still ended up crushing the relationship. Well, like, tell me about the lesson that you would have uh, brought out of those situations. I'm trying to... Well, you know, the old thing, the old saying, which is just a saying, is that money is the root of all evil. But the biblical saying, of course, being the, the love, love of, of money, money or the lust of money sure. being the root of evil. And, and money, in a, in a way, once you get a certain saturation point, it seems like the lust for money takes over the practical use of money. Mm. And not for everyone, of course, but it has that tendency to, to fog the vision and, and interfere in a normal relationship. Never been a problem for me. <laughs> you know? on, a, on a purely theoretical right, basis. Yeah, right. you know, tell, tell me about this time when so much money fogs the relationship. I just don't understand. I, you know, I, imagine, I imagine a life where you know, enough money is coming in that I can continue the lifestyle I have without the, 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 you know, the concerns that money brings, you know, the, the outflow, and we have enough to, to give generously to all of the, the things, the, the projects that I, I love and, and I'm interested in. Mm. And, the, and you know, there's a problem there, too, because there, it, the more that you have to give, the more there seems like you need more to give more. Mm. That's, it's kind of a, a thing that you've, you begin giving like that, and it's very difficult to, to know when to stop self-sacrificing and you know, stop seeking more ways to give. That's that's kind of a almost addictive in a way. Yeah, certainly. I mean, then you're managing the outflow of money rather than managing the inflow, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of those things. So your podcast, BadQuaker dot com. I was listening to you telling sort of the uh, the history of. Jericho, um, and I thought this was very interesting. Now, this is the the biblical city that the the Israelites supposedly marched around for seven days, and the walls just came a crumbling down, um, or what? However, the story is told to children. Mm. And but you said that Jericho was a much it was a very old city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, the oldest um, in hard evidence. It's the oldest existing evidence of a state is uh, is the original the oldest wall and the oldest tower at Jericho are are the uh, oldest actual evidence of a state and a state being a, a fortification like that where a garrison was fortified now there are lots of settlements that are well older than Jericho but Jericho uh, has that distinction of having a walled being a walled fortification with a tower setting itself apart from all all uh, other older uh, settlements. So the purpose of this wall is to uh, allow the peasants to uh, rush into the wall and be protected when uh, bandit miscreants come, and that this uh, tower is uh, someplace whence they can uh, fire rockets and and uh, you know those kind of things at the miscreants, right? Against the foreign bad guys. That's that's the story. That's the typical story that's told, and that's the lens that most archaeologists uh, um, choose to to look at it through. Except the problem is, if you look at the valley. That, that Jericho is in. It's in the, the Jordan River Valley, which when uh, Jericho was built, it was a very different climate than it is now. It was, it was lush. It was, very, it was watered very well. And it was heavily farmed uh, by Neolithic farmers. 
and heavily populated. And uh, the what were they farming? Uh, prior to the wall and prior to the tower, they were farming a variety of things, everything from uh, grapes, uh, figs, hemp, poppies, uh, a wide variety of foods, and, and uh, 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 sh- uh, sheep, goats, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. Okay, sure. Yeah. And when the appearance of the wall at Jericho and the, and the tower, they write at the same time frame, roughly, they began the overproduction of grain and essentially monocropping. Uh, and the and back to the That's earlier good for the land yeah uh, and back to the earlier point the the original garrison could have only held may probably about twenty twenty five maybe as high as fifty people in a valley that had thousands so clearly the garrison was not to protect the produ- the the producing class of the people clearly the garrison was to protect a an elite few and it's my theory that that garrison represents the first state. They were literally thieves that had gotten tired or smart enough to stop roaming the roads and settle down in one place, and the walls were to guard the thieves. Interesting. I've got some questions on that. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live with uh, Mark and Ben Stone. the foundations of society the wheel the printing press the internet now in a world sliding into financial chaos a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world it is called bitcoin bitcoin is a new form of money controlled not by banks governments or corporations but through mutual commerce between free individuals to learn more visit weusecoins.com Talk Live, 855-453. That's the sake. Excuse me, SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Ben. And you can call in, talk about whatever you want. We are out here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival for the whole week and just enjoying the activities that are going on here. It's uh, It's been, been a wonderful time, uh, had by all, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And let me tell you, a lot of people have their camping equipment that they got from manventureoutpost.com. If you're any kind of out, outdoors enthusiast, uh, you can get your camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear from manventureoutpost.com. They've got all the name brands, and they've got them at the best prices you're going to be able to find. Knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got it all. They're family-owned. Members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. And you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL at manventureoutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com, coupon code FTL. So, Ben, we were talking about um, the historical city of Jericho, which um, – now, how long, how long ago did this uh, – you said this is the, the first state uh, by, you know, some definitions? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I get a little confused on math sometimes, okay. so I usually look at my notes for that. I believe it was, uh, I believe it was 
either 9,000 years ago or 9,000 B.C. And right. I can't remember which. It was the, the oldest age of the oldest uh, wall and tower. That far out, uh, you're allowed to fudge the numbers a little anyway. Y- yeah. Yeah. So, so, be, so be kind, say, nine to 11,000 years ago. Okay. So, and the, they had this, so uh, the wall and this uh, garrison tower thing, and the garrison tower was relatively small, mm-hmm. only enough to, um, for, say, 25 to 50 um, men. And it's your theory that these you know, men were there to protect the head thieves, that this was a uh, group of, of brigands that mm-hmm. decided that, uh, that uh, you know, that life on the road, robbing people is too dangerous and uh, difficult, so we'll just stay in one place and uh, lord over people. Yeah, and we see that in the American Old West in robbers' roosts, and and back in the like fifteen sixteen hundreds in England, there would be robbers' roosts mm-hmm. where uh, they would uh, like a hole, like the hole in the wall was for uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the gang in the Old West that was there, but it's it's a fortified area where they can go out from, rob the productive class, and then go back to and defend that in case of attack. So what um, you know, I mean. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you know, if people are being robbed, they're not going to like that. And if they're robbed out on the road, you know, they're descended upon, they, you know, bad things happen to them and off they go. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you know where the thieves are, why wouldn't, you know, these thousands of people rise up against these 50? I think the key, well, uh, go with a different uh, point of view. If you've, if you've seen, like, the uh, Seven Samurai or the... Uh, uh, Magnificent Seven movies, mm-hmm. or even Three Amigos, um, you had a situation where the townspeople are basically peaceful. The vast mm-hmm. majority of human beings are, bas- are basically peaceful people. And the quantity of people who would rob and, and cheat and steal and so forth are proportionately very small to that. And if a, if a thief is wise, let's think of the mafia, for example. Uh, you have some gangster of some kind. And if he's smart, he's not going to go to the productive uh, individual and rob them completely of everything they possess. Uh, he can do much better for himself if he robs a little bit, allows them to be productive, robs them a little bit again. And each time there's this understanding that I won't hurt you as long, and I won't take everything you have as long as we ha- continue this relationship. I'll just take a little bit, leave enough for you and your family, and I'll just take your excess. So what the state has um, as an organization is that they basically, uh, you know, they've, they are the exclusive set of thieves, the monopoly thieves. Um, you know, not that they are actually are the exclusive thieves, but they claim that for themselves, um, you know, in the way that they claim property taxes and income taxes. They claim your wealth and they claim your land for themselves. Now, grant you, they only take a certain portion of both of these things, mm-hmm. but they claim them. If they, if they can take 35%, they can take 75% of your you know, wealth, whatever it is. And, you know, they have an arbitrary number that they've come up with that they, they claim from yourselves. But what they don't allow to happen is they don't allow other thieves to go along and do their thing. They, you know, they, they have uh, mechanisms efficient or not, mm-hmm. for stopping that behavior. What, I mean, is it, was that the initial, was, it, was the, what, what do they call this, the social contract, which is that I'll steal from you, but I won't let anybody else steal from you. Um, was that in play immediately? Because it would seem like that would be the only way you'd be able to get away with it. Yeah, I think if you look at uh, any type of an organized gang like the mafia or whatever uh, that, that has that type of relationship with the people they're feeding off of, that's uh, implied right from the beginning that I'm. Is there going... not a producer class? 
they, they don't make things from nothing or from less. They, they don't make things from components. They just take. So therefore, they live in a lack world. Their world is only what's available to be taken. And they don't have the, they don't have the ability to produce. Whereas a producer might say, well, you know, crops were bad this year. Or some thieves came along and took the crops or whatever, so I'll make more. Mm-hmm. They don't see it that way. Yeah. And and so that relationship would have taken place where you're talking about uh, excluding other robbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 initial robbers would have had a motivation to keep out other robbers because if uh, if farmer A if he can afford twenty percent of his crops to be taken uh, by the primary robbers, then uh, farmer A probably can't afford another thirty or forty percent taken by roaming robbers. So the so the primary robbers would then actually defend the farmer. From the roaming robbers. Now, and, and history is funny. You know, we're talking about uh, nine to eleven thousand years ago, and what we have a tendency to do is lump all these things together. You know, all this stuff happened, and it, you know, obviously it happened over the course of a, a you know a great deal of time. There's a there's a lot of difference between the year one thousand A.D. and the year two thousand A.D. or A.D.E. or whatever whatever terminology they use. Common age, um, what, um, A.C.E. So. Uh, you know, it's it's easy to kind of lump a thousand years together when that thousand years occurred seven thousand years ago. But I'm wondering how often did the producer class, uh, farmers and that kind of thing, deal with roving bands of thieves in a world without a state? Uh, I mean, you know, how I mean, who would know this information? <laughs> right, because there wouldn't necessarily be any evidence of the roaming thieves. Uh, well, actually, there was a, a bit of evidence. What they found in older uh, uh, archaeological finds, uh, not Jericho, uh, is that uh, settlements would often have stash holes uh, either right in the settlement or in the adjacent areas to the settlement where the farmers... sellers. Yeah, yeah, uh, that type of thing, where they would have uh, multiple uses for not only long-term storage for going through the winter or whatever like that, but also from a farmer's point of view, if you could stash your things in several different locations and uh, the robbers came through your valley to rob, the odds are they're not... It's like having something... Like keeping your wallet, keeping your money in four different pockets. Exactly, exactly. I was going to say, in your home, having things in several locations so that if thieves break in, they find one valuable thing and they leave... Mm And they leave the rest of the valuable things. Well, this is a piece of advice I was given: is if you're ever, ro- you know, keep keep money in different pockets, so that if you're ever robbed, you can reach in, get mm-hmm. some money, hand it to the thief, and then you still have however many mo- money, however much money in different pockets. Right. Um, you know, I wouldn't recommend anyone uh, trying to fight back against uh, armed robbers, um, because it can be a very dangerous operation. But uh, you know, when I was listening to, I listened to a podcast called Hardcore History, and you can find that uh, I think it's at DanCarlin.com. And they were talking about the sacking of a city. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of terminology that we hear these days, and it means nothing to us. But the sacking of a city would be the equivalent of being hit by, like, the Hiroshima event. I mean, this is a terrible, terrible event. Everything's taken. Think buildings are burned. Uh, you know, all the women are, you know, raped and people are killed. I mean, this is just a, the most horrifying of things. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, when if if thieves are able to get together with other thieves and keep a large enough group, they can essentially do this sacking of these unstated places relatively easily. So, is this why the state, the the the, the, the idea of the state spread from Jericho on to other places? Because this is a very successful formula. Mm-hmm. The state, I mean, it works. Yeah, yeah. actually, uh, uh, the economist Robert Higgs. 
corrected me on something on that on along that lines a couple of years ago, and and it clarified but my. Economists thinking. don't even bother to talk to me. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he pointed out that what the, we look at things that the government does, and we think you know it doesn't do anything efficiently except blow stuff up. Everything else it does, it messes up. And and Bob pointed out very very wisely that no, you're just looking at the wrong thing. What you're seeing is not really what the state does. Building roads, yeah, but they always break down and they're constantly working on them. That's not what the state does. The state does very efficiently. It feeds itself, and it continues to feed itself. That's what it really does. Yeah, it's, a, it's an organized crime organization with the legitimacy of 9,000 to 11,000 years of uh, continuity. Mm-hmm. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Call in on your opinions and the state... 855-450-3733. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We have been all over the board this evening here on the live Wednesday edition from Por- the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's Mark with you. And Ben. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. It's been a great time here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. There are all kinds of things to do. And I've been stressing many of the family activities, but there are lots of things to do that are, you know, for adults, too. Whatever it is that you might have a preference for. And uh, a lot of people are really into the, the live music. And there is... Something akin to a superstar within the Liberty movement, um, as far as music goes, and his name is Jordan Page. I was listening to Jordan. Uh, well, here's what happened: is I had never seen Jordan's face before. I went down and I was uh, you know, looking for interviews and just go, you know, try to find interesting people to be on the air, that that kind of thing. And walked into the pavilion, and somebody was playing music. I, you know, could hear it out of the side of my um, ear, and certainly having some level of professional understanding of these things. So that guy's talented. And then I, you know, moseyed on about my way. Turns out that talented guy was Jordan Page, so it's no surprise to me, considering how many, uh, how much, uh, how many accolade, accolades he gets within the Liberty community, and we've got him here on the show. Jordan, let me uh, turn your mic, your mic on there. Go ahead. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Sure. Now, you were doing a one-man show up there on the, the stage. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier for me to travel and, and do as much activism as possible by myself. I do have a rock band that I do shows with, that really, you know, big, big engagements, but most of the time I travel by myself, and I do uh, live live loops that I record, and I can do all kinds of layers and play solos, and it's a lot of fun. Now, um, this event was the sort of the uh, reception for a wedding, the wedding of uh, Brad Jardis and his uh, new bride, uh, Ashley. And uh, we're calling him Brashley. Brashley, and, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, they, you know, this was the event you were doing there. So describe, you know. Well, they, they're both really good friends of mine. I've known Ashley for years, and then she introduced me to Brad this past January. He and I clicked. We're just 
you know, birds of a feather. He's a good guy. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's, he's actually a former cop mm-hmm. who, um, you know, he, he objected to all the unconstitutional policies that his department was enacting against the citizens of the county he was uh, working in, and he, he left. Mm-hmm. He left on those grounds, and he became a, a, a liberty-minded activist in, mm-hmm. in, in New Hampshire. And uh, now he's running for sheriff in Coas County, which is where we are right now. That's right. And I'm supporting his campaign. I very, really much. hope he yeah. manages to pull it off. So uh, when one does a wedding, how is it different than um, you know, doing a regular show? I've never done a wedding before. This was my first <laughs> wedding. I've done, a, I've done a couple of, uh, of rehearsal dinners for friends and family who asked me to come and play a few songs. But this was my first wedding reception. I'm not really a wedding singer, but I think I pulled it off. I played a few happy covers people could dance to, but I still played some heavy you know, stuff as well. There were a lot of people dancing. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, so it you, you have a, a real show that you're putting on with uh, I do. original I, music. I'm playing uh, right here um, tomorrow, Friday night from 8 to 10 in the Queen's Tent uh, right here at Porkfest. So yeah, I travel all over the country. I do... Uh, this Ron Paul Revolution has really kicked your career into high gear? Well, the Ron Paul Revolution gave me a vehicle through which to get the music out because mm-hmm. I, was, I was already touring as a regional artist in the Mid-Atlantic playing my own music, but uh, I was also doing a lot of cover shows at bars to pay the bills. And then I wrote my first, you know, more freedom-oriented song back in 2006, end of 2006, and it was called Pendulum. And it, it, it got a lot of radio play. It got a lot of attention. And then all of a sudden, I was being invited to play the Revolution March in D.C. That was when I met Ron Paul for the first time. I met Adam Kokesh and Ernie Hancock, all big names in the in the movement. And uh, they introduced me to so-and-so, and all of a sudden, I, I'm touring all over the country playing for not tens of people and not hundreds of people, but now thousands of people who know the and, and now at this point, you know, four or five years later, people know the words to my songs. And, you know, I show up at a city I've never been in and, you know, two, three hundred people show up who I've never met. And they, they know all about me. It's it's pretty cool. But it's all it's all just because of this movement, for sure. And Ron Paul has been a big part of that. Now, um, you've got it's got to be it's got to be really special to have it as your music that people are excited about. I mean, you know, it's it's nice to pay the bills. Nothing wrong with doing covers, absolutely, and and bars and entertaining people and getting folks up to dance and that kind of thing. There's, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's got to be really special to have your music. Yeah, it's always nice to make people feel good with music. I mean, that's the whole point. It's it's it's, it's that kind of an art form. It's it's meant to make you feel something and meant to make you move. Um, and I love when people dance when I play, but. You know, my, my show, my, my, my songs actually require something of the listener in order to appreciate what I'm saying. Cause it's all about the message. I mean, I may, I may lyric rip, intensive. It, it's very lyric intensive. That's actually been been very helpful to me. It's also been a detriment too, because in some commercial situations, you know, whereas they might like the song, mm-hmm. the, the, like the the music production people might like the song, but the the message lyrics are heavy. The lyrics are heavy, and and they, that's why they might go another way if you think you know. about i mean there, there aren't it's it's hard to find the hits that are lyric intensive yeah. you know especially in now country is a lyric intensive uh, genre it's but, all about storytelling right it's storytelling and, and i do the same sort of thing it's and my, I, I combine like sort of like like the folky music of like bob dylan and john denver with you know some of my influences like led zeppelin mm-hmm. pink floyd metallica pearl jam those kind of bands, alice in chains and and but yeah. the, and you know there's plenty of storytelling rock out there that's lyric intensive too but not a lot of it since the 70s with the vietnam war there hasn't been a whole bunch of it since then i mean a few things come to mind you know the uh, the, the, the you know the 19 that came out in the 80s uh, you know that was uh, talking about the um you know the, the war in uh, the vietnam war again but just not there's just not as much out there. So is it that the music industry steers away from that? The, the, is it the Oh, absolutely. Record, the, uh, the, the radio stations don't want to play it? What? Yeah, they want it as little controversy as possible. They want the controversy to be 
surrounding the artists and their and their quarrels with each other or, sure. or you know they want um, you to do coke yeah and, and 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 they want you to shut up and sing you saw that happen to the dixie chicks she just yep. made a comment in a foreign country about the president and then she, they got you know banned across the board so pe- people just they, they they like most most folks just don't want to talk about religion and politics but those are the only two things in my opinion that are really worth talking about you know right. like the real heavy stuff that we all have opinions about, but no one wants to rock the boat. Well, I'm making a career off of rocking the boat and speaking my mind. And, yep. you know. and there was that artist, um, and you know, her name is escaping me now, but the, I guess she was the American Idol uh, artist that uh, said that tweeted or something like that that she liked Ron Paul. Kelly Clarkson did That's that. Right. And she recanted, I believe, as well. But her sales spiked, like a huge spike, after she made that comment. You know, she, she got a lot... Of response from that. I don't remember the recant, but I remember her saying that I can't believe everybody's so excited about uh, you know a comment like that. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, somebody paid closer attention than I did. But I mean, she had a you know tremendous response because she said she liked Ron Paul. Sure. And so I mean, you know, doesn't this send the message though to uh, some you know to, to artists out there? I mean, because I think it's okay to like Obama as an artist, isn't it? It's what's well, trendy to like Obama, you know, and you you, you see you, you see artists like Bruce Springsteen who you know you. You can't do anything to Bruce Springsteen. He's Bruce Springsteen. He's the boss. He's never gonna, you know, take a take a dive. And and and, and Obama represented, you know, certain ideas that uh, you know the, the the liberal left are you know really. Bruce Springsteen is a labor with. Democrat. I mean, you know, that's sure, what, that's what he built himself up through that. And I think Melkamp to some extent sure. probably did too. But but Ob- Obama represented, you know, to 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 people who were uninformed, represented the anti-war side of things mm-hmm. which he obviously isn't you know and and all these people have been betrayed you don't see them all coming out of the woodwork now to support him in this this next time around well he's, he's playing this trick now that he's oh don't worry we're pulling out out of afghanistan you know we got you out of iraq as if they didn't get kicked out on their ear yeah. um and so i mean you know he's kind of he's kind of getting lucky when it comes to the anti-war folks right now it's it seems like he's passing out candy uh to his uh, you know base yeah. constituents it's all calculated moves in Absolutely. my opinion you know and and, and it's actually a, you know brilliant strategy they know people they know how you know most folks don't want they they want their reality spoon fed to them and that's what they're doing yep and you know the things that have come out with the gay marriage you know just now and here in this uh, second election season you know suddenly oh yeah I'm for that I was against it uh, you know I was for it and then I'm against it and now I'm for it again so I mean, it just keeps on coming and coming. So where are you touring um, after this? What's what's the plan? Okay, well after this, I go to Breckenridge, Colorado. I'm headlining at the Peace Unity Freedom Festival. Um, I like the sound of that. They are it, Breckenridge is the town that's legalized marijuana, and they have uh, developed a local currency. It's more of a bartering system, but it's it's a currency based on time rather than precious metals or debt. Mm-hmm. They're called Mountain Hours because they're in Mountain Time. It's right. all based on on, on hours. Um, and they're they're really having a lot of success with it and cutting out the the usury aspect of the banking system. Now, um, for, for folks that want to find out more about to hear your music, like a sample of your music, so that they can get the feeling that I got when I walked into that pavilion, where would they go? Oh, go to jordanpagemusic.com and go uh, go to YouTube, Google me, George, George, Jordan Page. You'll, How do you spell Page? P A G E. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Jordan Page. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Mark. And Ben. Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. 
Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the Tissinkle toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Ben. Uh, Free Talk Live is out here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and, you know, it's been a really great time. The principal of SACL CAI, who sponsors our phone lines, is also the guy who set up the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's uh, Jason Osborne. And so if you have any business, uh, if you have a business and say, you know, accounts receivable is a real pain for you. SACL CAI can take care of it. Uh, they will d- do your collections in a way that respects your customers. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. And we've been, what we've been doing is we've been talking to different folks that we find out around here at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And there are a lot of people that are very active. They've got their projects they're doing and uh, things they're interested in. And we've got with us uh, here, oh, by, by the way, it's uh, Ben Stone from badquaker.com. Is that right? That's correct. Thanks for sitting in with me, Ben. Um, it, Artie, you are um, cool, getting re- real close to that uh, microphone. Now, um, you're a bit of, uh, you're, you're very interested in human trafficking around the world, is that right? Yes. Oops, sorry, Ari, my mistake. Pushed the wrong button. Go ahead. Yes, I am. I'm looking to start a, a, an organization within the next year overseas that will help prevent uh, human trafficking and vic- victims from being recruited by uh, false recruiters who are promising jobs and then just taking them and shipping them out and putting them in brothels or in domestic servant uh Virtual slavery, exactly, or actual, actual slavery. Yeah. In fact, so is how does how does this work? Um, is this in you know? In, obviously, human trafficking not that big of a deal in the United States. Many, oh, that's that's actually not necessarily true. Okay. It's not as big a deal as a lot of places, but it's a very big and growing crime uh, that's occurring here. Okay. Um, I, I don't know much about it. Maybe we can get a chance to get into it. How does it work in these foreign countries? They, you know, come on. They come out like recruiters. I was just at an amusement park, and there were a lot of people there from Macedonia. I met like three different people from Macedonia, and my impression was that, well, somehow they, you know, either this uh, this amusement park or an amusement park organization with which this amusement park works probably goes to. You know, maybe Eastern European countries and recruits from there for employees uh, for, you know, the summer, the season, the year, whatever. Yes, a lot of times these uh, poor victims, when they get trafficked, oftentimes their own family members will sell them because they're in such a poor, desperate situation. And then a lot of times recruiters will lure their men and either pretend to be boyfriends and or just show them love and then just take them and ship them off to a... Uh, uh, a brothel owner, and a lot of times they just get offered jobs. They pretend there's a job opening, and they'll bring them to another country that's more uh, more of a first world country. They offer that, and once they get them out of the country, they're just put into a brothel. Or once you're illegally in the country, in whatever country that might be, then they have a lot of power over you, right? And that's what I wanted to get into um, with my organization. I'm a voluntarist, so I, and I refuse any government money. And a lot of people keep trying to convince me, you know, take government money, take the government money, it'll help you with your organization. 
But the government, what they don't realize is their laws are, in fact, keeping these girls stuck in their situations oftentimes. Two of the main, when you read the reports and the interviews these girls give, two of the main reasons that they don't escape, oftentimes they will have an opportunity to escape, and a lot of times they won't because, one, prostitution laws. So if they've been a prostitute, even forced prostitutes, forced into prostitution at a brothel, oftentimes they'll be prosecuted if they escape. The police will catch them. And then one of the major ones is deportation laws and uh, um, illegal immigration laws as well. So once they're, this is why it's so common. Traffickers will take a victim or, uh, yeah, their victim from one country, get them over, get a fake visa, fake passport, get them into another country, and then they know they've got them stuck there because even if they escape and go to the police, oftentimes these girls end up in prison for years on end, and it's not much better conditions in the brothels oftentimes where the guards can rape and just do horrible things to these poor girls So they're, and guys. So they actually use the state as a weapon to, to control to, and fear of the state to keep them in those situations. Absolutely. The laws, it, the prostitution ones, oftentimes they are enforced and oftentimes they're not enforced, but the threat of be, having the prostitution laws enforced upon you and, kept, and having you kept in a cage for however long, you never know, is just often scary enough to keep them even if they have the opportunity to escape. And probably these uh, these women are busy enough that they don't have a chance to scour the internet for uh, you know true stories of what it's like to escape from a particular prostitution uh, ring in a particular area. So they are you know they're pimps or whomever feeding them these stories, mm-hmm. true or not, of whether or not they'll be thrown into prison and you know have to deal with the depredations of uh, state agents. Absolutely, and a lot of times they're too poor to even have access to internet or other information. Sure. So they're only getting their information from the recruiters and. They're threatened, you know, they say it might be bad here, but don't let the police catch you. It's even worse. And sometimes, unfortunately, it is worse sometimes if the police get a hold of you. So you never know what to believe. And there's no no real organizations out there that are that are doing much work to get get uh, these girls educated prior to how being is, trafficked. How is your organization going to do anything with them? Even if you, you know, pretend to be a John and you, you know, find one of these, these gals and attempt to save them in some way or another. Well, what, what, I would, what I'm proposing to do that I haven't seen in the field, and I've sent this proposal to a number of uh, experts in the field who've given me really positive feedback, is um, when these girls get offered to be recruited, say a girl from Moldova gets offered a job in Italy at a pizza restaurant, for okay. instance, um, have this girl come to our organization and say, hey, give us all the information, all the details she can, and we just verify the story. So we can call up using Skype or whatever and um, try to call the supposed restaurant. If it doesn't exist, that's a red flag right there. That is. If we can get a hold of the owner, just ask, hey, are you expecting girls from Moldova to come over here? And if they say, no, that's not the case, we can consult with a girl, say, hey, look, there's a lot of red flags here. This may not be a good idea for you. And it's still up to them whether they want to or not. But at least we can give them some information and inform them ahead of time, and which is something they don't have access to because computers are very tough to get a hold of. Internet's rare. It does show the real value of communication. I mean, it's an <laughs> incredibly valuable thing and probably... You know, in a few decades' time, this will be something that trickles on down to the, the poorest of us, and 
um, you know, they'll be able to use that kind of information. But for now, the interface between them and whomever it is that uh, might be hiring them, because clearly people do hire. I mean, there are those kids from Macedonia that working mm-hmm. at this amusement park that I took my son to yesterday, the day before, or whatever it was. Absolutely. A- and so, I mean, this is happening. So this is the confusion in which these predators work. Right. You just never know. You, there's no way to verify the story with the with the resources that they're there that's available to them so i'd like to bring the internet and skype and be able to use contacts over time and uh be able to help out with that and english is spoken almost everywhere in the world so i can it'll be easier to, for me to communicate though i'll have to have some translators and help elsewhere so how can people get involved find out more this isn't something i've have worked out officially i'm still in no the website very, still no website okay, or anything great. yeah this is something that's still in the very keep early us, stages keep us informed already um and you can give us thanks and thanks for being on the air with us thank you thank you 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. Free Talk Live, 855-450. It's not easy for an unknown person to get noticed in this busy world. Hello, I'm Brad Ryder. I'm a songwriter, and I have a couple of albums, one with a country sound and one that's Christian-inspired. I'd like to invite you to visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash downbearmusic. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. My name's Brad Ryder, and my music is at facebook.com slash downbearmusic. And thanks for noticing. Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's the live Wednesday edition of Free Talk Live, but we're, it's a little different than usual. We're out here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Our uh, impromptu studio is much larger than our normal uh, studio, and lots of people here having a good time. I'm in here with... Uh, Ben Stone from ben BadQuaker.com. Stone from BadQuaker.com. Now, you've got a podcast I've been listening to recently and enjoying a great deal, and, uh, you know, I'll... You'll, give you my recommendation at this point people can go and uh, listen to that at lrn.fm you're you do a show there live at what, what do you, what's your time slot i uh, mine is re is pre-recorded right uh, it usually so it just rotates, rotates. yeah Got it, it. It, I, not this week but normally it rotates in around midnight eastern okay uh but that's been interrupted temporarily while i'm here at par at pork fest right are you how are you going to do podcasts when you're here and then exactly. there's no there is no Internet at pork fat. <laughs> um, real quick, tell you about bitcoins. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous internet cash. You can, with Bitcoin, send and receive money anywhere in the world without any fees. If you're a merchant, without any chargebacks, or the chargebacks are, are by your own standards, however you wish to uh, uh, implement them. There's no government agency or bank that's involved with bitcoins. You, you, there's, you know, there's no terms of service. It's uh, open source software. You can just download it and be using them in just a few minutes. You should know about bitcoins, whether you have any or not, by going to weusecoins.org. They are changing the world little bit by little bit. You know, they're, they're starting out to trickle, and I think it's going to turn into a tidal wave. And now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at it's more than I think it's more than seventy thousand locations worldwide. It's some incredible number. Um, CVS, Seven uh, Elevens, Walmart's, major banks uh, all across the United States, Russia, Brazil, and very soon bringing online uh, the eurozone. So that's uh, 
bitinstant.com. Ben, let's go ahead and uh, take a call here. we got uh, Brian calling in from uh, Casper, Wyoming. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Mark. Hey. Yeah, i, I got to say, um, first off, first of all, I'm totally jealous of you guys being out there. <laughs> What's there to be jealous <laughs> of? Oh, yeah, the Pork Fest is awesome. There. And uh, yeah, well, another thing I wanted to say. There's planes quick. flying between Wyoming and uh, New Hampshire right here. Yeah, well, what now? I said there are planes flying between Wyoming and New Hampshire right here. Yeah, I know, but, but uh, <laughs> do I want to get groped by TSA, and can I afford a plane? <laughs> yeah, well, these are questions, though. You have to answer for yourself. Or, oh, well, I'm, I'm trying to win Marv, so. <laughs> you know, Marv is the mobile, authority, <laughs> the mobile, mobile authority resistance vehicle that exactly. uh, Liberty on, <laughs> Liberty on to Tour Marv. used for their tour. And I think you guys actually ought to push um, the uh, SAT, S-A-T dot, uh, LRN dot epic. A little bit more. What is that? For that, folks that don't know. LRN dot FM. Mm-hmm. Because that's a web that, domain. That teaches right. you how to run your own radio station. It's true. Uh, Ian has put up information for people yeah, that wish yeah. to run. Ian, Ian put that up, and it, it's awesome. I mean, it's really awesome information. You know, everybody out there at Porkfest and stuff, everybody should read that stuff because it, it's so easy to do. I mean, you need what, like, 120 bucks. It's not much, and it is a very powerful form of activism. I think that media, right now, I think education is the best uh, form of activism that we can have because we, you know, people need to understand the ideas of liberty before you can implement them on a, on a large scale. Um, I mean, certainly I want more freedom for myself and my life and my family, but when it comes to a societal level, I don't think we've quite reached that tipping point. Um, and that tipping point is going to come through education, and education is going to come through media. It's certainly not going to come from the mainstream media and, you know, the television stations out there and no, things no, like that. No, it's not. LRN.FM has a lot of different hosts with a lot of different ways of explaining the ideas of liberty and bringing them forward in ways that different folks can handle. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, LRN.FM is awesome, and if you can provide it on something that's as easy to use as a, as a radio, I think, uh, I think a radio is still a really well, great just, just one, piece of one technology. Thing, get out there, sat, S-A-T.LRN.FM. Thanks. Is that all you want to talk about that's tonight, that's Brian? That's where Ian puts out his information. It's great. Yep, it's true. Is that what you want to talk about this evening? No. Um, actually, I wanted to actually talk about, do you guys know what the NICS check system is? NICS National checks? Instant check system. NICS. No. It's like when you go to buy a gun, you know, they, okay. You got to fill out this whole giant form, ginormous form and stuff. But what? What somebody told me, and this is actually a, a guy who runs a gun store. You know, he's he's a, you know, he's a firearm firearm dealer. When you fill out that form, he said, "Don't be scared. We're not sending that serial number of that gun to anybody." This is some something that people need to know. Because when you fill out that form, you think that as soon as they they run that form, that it that that actual serial number is going out to people, and it's really not. He said, "Yeah, yeah I, I think I, that the, the government has this uh, this air of uh, competence that people imagine that there's a big giant computer in the sky exactly, that they manage to exactly they're, they're, incorporate they're all the information." People, basically, and that's what he told me. He said, "He said, don't be." He, I I wasn't scared, but he said, "Yeah," he said. You know what? It's so funny. Um, his dad actually 
uh, he took the company over from his dad. His dad, when his dad left the company, they brought in a big old Ryder truck and took out like a, a whole like writer truck full of files out that had all those serial numbers of all those gun owners that the government never had, you know, but they want you to be scared. They're like, oh, no, we every time you buy a gun, we exactly have that firearm. You know, in Montana, what we like to do is, you know, you buy a gun and then you sell it and then you sell it to somebody else and then you sell it to somebody else because you confuse the government. But I'm 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 excited about you guys all out the, at the pork fest, you know, all open carry, you know that that's how we do in Montana. And there's a lot of uh, open carry going on here at the the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah, and yeah, you know, but, I mean, but who cares? But the thing is, is they want you to be so terrified that they have that serial number of that gun. So you're supposed to be so scared that they have the serial number of that gun, like you're going to do anything bad with it. You know, like, Mark, you know, you have a kid. You know, I have a kid. I'm not going to do anything bad with my gun. You know, my my neighbor's a sheriff. You know, he's not going to do anything bad with his gun. But but still, they want us to be in fear of that. There are a lot of people in prison. Brian, thank you for the call. In prison right now just for having the gun. Mm-hmm. You know, for carrying it either, oh, my coat slipped over it, so now you're carrying it concealed, or, you know, you're, you've got it in your pocket and you're not supposed to have, you don't have the right paperwork and these kind of things, and all kinds of, there are thousands and thousands of people in the United States in prison just for possessing a metal tool that will, pro, you know, fires a projectile. Yeah, and it's no different from any other tool or any other object. Uh, I, one of my pet peeves is the Second Amendment gives people... Uh, gun rights, but there's really no such thing as gun rights. It's it's a right to own property, and it doesn't matter what the property is. If it's a brick, you know you can kill a person or harm a person just as badly with a brick as you can a gun. Uh, it, it's a matter of property rights, not necessarily gun rights. And uh, you know I've I've heard this a few times, and I'm not certain I'm not certain what I think about it, but. Um, I've heard from police and from uh, swordsmen, experts with uh, with knives, that within a certain distance, and man, I've heard this distance as far as 25 yards, and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I just don't believe that distance. But, um, you know, let's say within 10 feet that a person with a knife, it's certainly in their hand, is more dangerous than a person with a gun on their hip. Um, you know, and I would think that that's probably a true statement. Yeah, without getting into any kind of uh, uh, unnecessary bravado or or anything like that, I've had guns drawn on me in anger, and I've had uh, multiple attempts on my life, and I've been shot twice. And the one thing I can say about that is it's much harder to shoot a person and kill them than most people think. Really? Wow. (laughs) Apparently. Free Talk, I'm stunned. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Free 
Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in to Free Talk Live, bring up what's ever on your mind. We're here in the last segment. It's Mark with you. And Ben. And we'll try to squeeze you in. Um, but, you know, we're out here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's, it's been a great time. Uh, things are ramping up for the, the parties this evening. The, the sun has gone down over the beautiful white mountains. And, well, now the laser light shows out and uh, the fog machines are pumping and the uh, music's going. I believe it's uh, karaoke this evening with uh, Ian is running the, the, the setup. All the fun. Indeed. Um, 855-450-3733. Ben, you were talking about the, um, the difficulty of uh, ending a human life with a, with a handgun up close. And you wanted to, to finish that up. I mean, you know, this is the, the most deadly thing people can think of, right? <laughs> yeah, there is a flip side of that, that uh, human life, in addition to being extremely difficult to kill a human being, it's also, uh, you know, life is so delicate and it's so precious that it, it can end randomly or it can end... Uh, you know, with the slightest thing. So, so in the same sense that, like I said, I, I, I've been shot twice, right. and and yet there are random circumstances where someone's life, uh, you know, a gun can kill somebody by accident in in a moment, and it's and it's gone, and it wasn't even intentional. So, you know, I wasn't trying to say that guns are not ha- <laughs> right. <you know. laughs> Humans are superhuman, <laughs> right? But within that that uh, distance range that you were talking about, mm-hmm. it is a lot more difficult to go through the thought processes, aim and fire, and do so successfully than most people realize. So yeah, I mean, you know, we've heard stories. There was a story out of uh, Texas, I believe, last week, where um, you know some guy supposedly walked in on someone molesting his uh, four-year-old daughter or something like that, and beat him to death. Yeah. And he didn't. The the impression you got from the story, and it's difficult to know. There are uh, there were three people in that room. One of them's four. One of them's dead, and one of them's telling the story. Right. So it's difficult to know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. But you get the impression that uh, you know some, sometimes these things happen. The man just punched him, yeah. punched the other man to death. Yeah. And these can, these things can happen. Yeah. And actually, there was a case not long ago where uh, two uh, parents at a at a ball game. One, um, two male parents, one male parent hit the other. He fell backwards, hit his head, and gone, dead. Yeah, yeah. We hear stories like this all the time. You know, mm-hmm. their head hits something. Yeah. And, you know, it t- twists the neck in the wrong way or whatever. I mean, you know, the, it, it, it's just this strange thing. Right. You know, not only is it difficult, but you, but you do find people. I mean, I knew a man who had been shot five times. Yeah. And you're like, let me see these holes. And sure enough, one, two, I can put my <laughs> finger in this one. Right? Like, this, you know, this is the truth. And it's, it's interesting how resilient and how fragile both at both points that, the, that human life is. Are you wanting me to take off my shirt? No, well, if you, <laughs> look, man, it's radio. You know what you want. <laughs> Let's go to, got Michael calling in from, from Wyoming. Looks, it's a Wyoming night here on Free Talk Live. Uh, Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, this is Michael calling from Wyoming. Um, first time listener, tenth time caller. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> Michael W. No, Dean. That's something like that. Um, I have the a famous song request. Michael you guys play requests? No, afraid not. No, I got a request. I want a hum a few Ben bars. Stone, the Bad Quaker, also known as Bad uh, as Ben Ben Quaker as we call him, I want him to find Boston Tea Party, who is there, and interview him for an upcoming uh, Bad Quaker podcast, because those two cats 
probably had more to do than any other two people on this earth with forming my opinion of the world. And they, they disagree on some things, although they agree on a lot of things. They're both gun guys. I want them to sit down and talk and do an interview, and I want to hear it for me. Yeah, but, you know, it sounds like a good idea. When you said it, it sounded like an awesome idea. I know. I'll try. <laughs> well, I'll yeah, see if I well, can uh, round morning, Boston up. I can't find Ian. I don't know where he is, <laughs> and I had to find him for you. So you try, man. <laughs> you had to find him, and you're in uh, Wyoming. Yeah, I had to put those two together. <laughs> Michael is a mover and a shaker. Thanks I mean, for come the call, on, man. Michael. Walk out and ask four people where Boston is, and someone's going to point you at him. <laughs> it's true. That'd be, <laughs> that much is true. <laughs> Michael, thanks for the call. Now, right. you... Appreciate appreciate the call. Now you are the you know, badquaker.com, Ben. And what does this term "bad Quaker" mean to you? Because I'm a Quaker, and mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as a good Quaker. Uh, well, I, I, you could call me a nonconformist Quaker. Uh, Quakers, I think they all are, though. That's, yeah, uh, Quakers <laughs> tend to be. Uh, they they you know they dance to their own drumbeat in as a way of saying it. And um, they're and peculiar I, people. They are, and and they're very independent. The the not only the theology but the thinking of being a Quaker uh, holds within it the the idea of being a very independent thinking person and not placing one person above another person uh, in any kind of category, and uh, and yet I uh, don't agree with some of the things that are typically believed by Quakers, mm-hmm. like pacifism. Uh, I do believe in self defense. Now, pacifism is it's this interesting topic that with even within Quakers I've you know I've had this conversation over and over again and I don't believe mm-hmm. pacifism exists. I don't it's not that I don't believe in pacifism, it's that I don't believe it could possibly exist. I mean, for uh, you know what does one believe if one believes pacifism? Where does one come from when one believes that? So I think to myself, you know, if there's a, a, a the the axe-wielding madman out there, right? Mm. And he's rushing towards me um, and I've got a steel door between me and him. Is it violence to prevent that man, you know, from a from a Quaker standpoint, not from mm. my standpoint. I don't believe it's violence at all. But is it a violence to prevent that man from doing what he wishes to do by simply closing the door? If I can prevent a man from doing what he wishes to do to me and my family with say a handgun or a knife or, mm. you know, whatever implement of uh, of death dealing that there is out there, can I use other means to prevent somebody from doing what they want? Is it the prevention of somebody else from doing what it is that they wish to do? Yeah, it's the old question, where do you draw the line? If you're going to say that you're going to be a pacifist, you're not going to, uh, you don't believe in self-defense or in however that you want to categorize that, uh, at what point in preventing someone else's action uh, do you stop calling it self-defense? And at, at what point are you actually defending yourself? It's it's really, I mean, it's, it's murky as it could possibly mm-hmm. be, because if you can prevent somebody from... Um, doing whatever they wish to do, and therefore prevent the repercussions to their actions necessarily. Because I, mm-hmm. I would prefer somebody not to, to, you know, to to prevent somebody from being into a situation where they have to deal with the repercussions of some serious action. Um, and if I have the opportunity to do that, I might. The so, you know, when you're dealing with that, would what about the repercussions to accidental accidents? So should I therefore? not look both ways when I cross the street and I'm in a crosswalk. That car's supposed to stop that's coming towards me, but, you know, I'm just qu- crossing the road, and the, you know, God will stop the car if God wishes to stop the car. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not certain 
what people are thinking about when they're thinking about pacifism. I do believe that attempting to use violence against the state is an ineffective way of being, and I think that coming from love and trying to change somebody's opinion from the standpoint of love is far more powerful right. than using you know, uh, violence or uh, uh, you know, just anger or any of these other things. I think that that's true. But there are times when you know, somebody comes across a situation where the violence has already begun or it is Im- Im- imminent, mm-hmm. and what does one do in those circumstances in order to prevent bad things from happening to all parties? Right, and you know, two different thoughts on two different ways of looking at that is one is, uh, will these actions uh, produce the result I want? Efficiency, will they, you know, will I be successful in mm-hmm. doing this? And the second is, am I moral in taking this action? And I, and that's that's the way I think of it. I think self-defense on any level is always moral. Uh, and, and that puts me at odds with many Quakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, from a practical point of view, it's, you mentioned earlier about a robbery taking place and whether or not you resist that robbery. Right. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a judgment call on each different time. In some robbery situations, it might be very efficient to take action against that robber. You might. Other times, it would be very foolish uh, to take action because you're going to lose. He's got the drop on you or whatever. He's holding a gun and you're not. You're holding a baby. So you, you have to think these th- things through. Uh, but when dealing with the government... They literally hold all the strings, and they one of the things they do with blinding efficiency is violence. So if you're going to deal with the government and you decide in your mind that you're going to deal with the government using the thing that they do best, you're just begging to lose. It's, it, you're, in the long run, it's much wiser to take on an enemy according to your strengths and their weaknesses. Indeed. Rather than their strengths and what is clearly you against the world, your weakness. In, indeed. I mean, you know, the, and the state understands that it has all the time in the world in order to do what it wants. Uh, you know, when it came to the, the the folks out there in Waco, I can't remember what the, yeah. the Davidians, yeah. you know, they hung around out there for a couple of months playing rock and roll music as loud as they possibly could. You know, whatever. These people were defending their domicile from what appeared to be an invasion by God knows who. Yeah. And, you know. Ultimately, they lost. Indeed, they did. Uh, all the killed. Uh, it's been Mark with you. And Ben. Free Talk Live. You can check us out in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Thanks for listening. And uh... DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. 